I think once you trust people, people make decisions, people go for it, people take a risk. And because you have that trust, a company is able to innovate and you're able to innovate processes, you're able to innovate in products, and you're able to innovate across the entire organization. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. Today, I'm joined by Thad Price, who is the CEO of Talroot. Thad, what's happening today? Hey, Anthony. How are you? Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday. Today is a Tuesday. <laughs> and well, it's where whatever day you're listening to this, folks. But no, I'm excited to chat with you. I'm excited to learn more about your company and your journey because uh, it's a very exciting role that you're in right now. But why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you are, what, uh, what excites you on a day-to-day basis? Absolutely. So again, I'm Thad Price. I'm hailing from Austin, Texas. Great town in the uh, the state of Texas. A lot of praise. A lot of folks moving from all over the U.S. here. And so uh, I've been here with my family for almost ten years, and uh, it's just been a great opportunity overall. A little bit about Tauru. Previously, I was uh, I was running product, and from product moved into the CEO role um, about four years ago. So when you think about Tauru, we're really a sourcing operating system to allow companies to source talent and to fill their pipeline to be able to ensure that they're hiring to meet their business objectives. And so we do that through three products. Our primary product is product Tauru Pro, and that helps essentially bring a more programmatic online marketing approach to the idea of sourcing candidates through job advertising. The second is events, which is our uh, uh, where you can have uh, in-person or virtual hiring events, and you can essentially source candidates to attend your hiring event. And the third is our insights product. And our insights product basically surfaces a lot of labor market data and a lot of behavior data available um, when you're looking at starting your sur- sourcing strategy and looking to fill your pipeline of candidates to make the hires you need to grow your business. That's awesome. I literally just had a conversation with somebody just before this uh, about you know talent and where it's at. And I will ask you about talent, but I'm actually more curious about your journey because I imagine that Talru is a good product, not necessarily because it's been designed well, which I'm sure it is, because, <laughs> because you you're, you yourself have grown from uh, like a BDR customer success into product. So you like understand what it's like being on the phone or on support to an organization and, and helping that move forward. So am I correct in that assertion based on yeah. your LinkedIn? You're right. I started in customer service. I was a client, I was customer service manager. And from then in the industry, started learning about, you know, how to be successful at, with, with customer relationships and listening and forging win-win relationships. From that perspective, I went into business development, more operations. And then from business development operations, I went into product. And my journey to product was a really interesting one. You know, I didn't have any, I don't have any formal training in engineering but I knew what customers were looking for and I could listen to customers. And I think the big, the big key behind being a great product leader is, is listening, the voice of the customer, all of that's so important. And also seeing the future of how you can apply 
where other industries have potentially moved to your industry and looking at looking at reading the tea leaves of what may be the future and how you know essentially we can innovate an industry so it's been a terrific journey having a lot of experience across many departments um, in an organization and of course the the opportunity that i have now is just immense and you know we built a fantastic product here at Tauru, and I lead just a phenomenal group of team members and so fortunate to be able to attract the talent we've been able to attract at Tauru and, and be able to help hone in our, uh, our effort and our focus and growth in the industry. Yeah. Well, you got to practice what you preach, right? If you didn't have good talent, you probably wouldn't be the, the best platform, but great. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Great people grow great companies. I mean, we say this, you know, I think in the last couple of years, especially when there's been such a need for companies to attract talent. You know, human resources traditionally has been looked at as a cost center. It mm. costs money to hire people. When you go to your hiring manager and you say, I need to hire someone, it hasn't been that supportive experience or previously it hasn't been that supportive experience. Now, I think with the challenges at, at attracting talent, especially in high volume hiring, essential worker recruitment, it's now a revenue center. And I think that flip is happening in boardrooms a- across the world. And as that flip's been happening, people have been looking and thinking strategically about talent acquisition and about recruiting, of course, team members to take the business to the next level. But one thing that I will say is that right now it's very tactical. It's, I need to hire people. And so our thought process with a lot of our customers is ensuring that it's more of a strategic long-term outlook in how we think about attracting talent and, and, you know, filling your pipeline. Yeah. Well, what I thought was cool and just a tiny bit on the product before we move into your own experience, when you said, Hey, you know, one of our products or services is to help people when you're doing like a hiring fair and attracting them to you, like that is absolutely designed by fitting into the process of your customer to say, Hey, what do you need? And how can we meet there? Um, It it just speaks really differently and and speaks to the mindset. So I think that's really cool. And and for our listeners to say, Hey, how can you fit your customer? How can you fit your product into the cycle of your customer versus pushing it or jamming it in there? I think that's where the future of product development is going. That's where the future of buying and selling is going. And it's cool to see you ahead of that. But Let's shift gears and look at your development, your role, CEO. I see that you're excited to lead through transformational growth. So in this kind of first time CEO ship, what are some of your lessons? What are some of your like, oh shit, like this has been a bumpy ride. Like how, how's it going? And obviously, you know, it's a successful company, you know, you be as vulnerable or as you'd like, but you know, what have some of been those learning and growth moments for you on this journey right now? We had our first sales kickoff probably about two or three months ago. And as I was preparing for this to give my statement and why I'm so excited about Tauru and, and, the, and the voyage ahead, I had to really think about what I've learned about what it means to be a successful company, what it means to be in a growth stage business. And when I started thinking about this, I think as a business leader, we can get really tied up in details. In, and so I like to just be very candid and focused in how I think about what builds a successful company because you know there are, there are many writers uh, much smarter than I am on how they think about things and you know and, and the different works that they produce but I like to think of there are three keys to a successful company and each build together and each build you know and serve that kind of 
process. And it really is somewhat of a funnel when you think about how to get to the end result, which is a successful company. The first is you have to think about accountability in your org structure. How are you being, how are you holding your team members accountable? And in some cases, in some businesses, um, accountability can be essentially a word that's not embraced, which is unfortunate. And I think that's the difference between, that's probably the difference between good and great. But I like to think of everything, you know, as, as being accountable, accountable in, you know, what are the results? How do we think about quantifying your effort? And how do you think about where we're going as a business? What's great about accountability is when you first have this idea of accountability in every department, sales, product, engineering, finance, people ops, all, you know, all, the, all of these different departments, then what happens is a really, important, a really important thing happens, and that's trust. Trust is created because you've proven there's accountability in place, and the team members, you can trust your leadership, you can trust your managers, and you can entrust that people are doing the right thing. After trust is something that is really important. And I think it's, again, the difference between a good and great company, and that's innovation. I think once you trust people, people make decisions, people go for it, people take a risk. And because you have that trust, a company is able to innovate. And you're able to innovate processes, you're able to innovate in products, and you're able to innovate across the entire organization. And when you do that, that's when the magic really happens. But I feel if you can't, if you don't have accountability, it's hard to establish trust. And if you don't have trust, it's hard to be innovative. And the reason is because these build together to create a product. So it is almost like, it almost is like product development for a business and thinking about how to really understand what you're looking for. So those are three keys. So when I think about the three keys of being a successful business, I think those are very important. I would say in my experience, one of the, one of the areas where I spend a lot of my time where early on I didn't was operational alignment. And I think the difference between, you know, I think the difference between companies in many cases is alignment within the different departments and ensuring that when you're making a decision as a team and you're aligned as a team, things happen and things happen around that alignment and not in a bubble where each team is making their own decision. Each team has their own vision of what they're looking to accomplish, but it's not connected to an overall company vision. And I think that's where that's where uh, alignment, of course, can break down. And when you can start having problems in building your business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you can check our book, Alignment, available on Amazon. It's right up there. Uh, that's my oh, uh, one of my few plugs for myself. But one of the things, actually, if we talk about alignment is, let's say you have a vehicle. And your vehicle, you want it to run well. You want to be able to go on a long road trip and you need to make sure it works. Well, if it's out of alignment, things are going to break. And if you think the thing is going to break, you're not going to take it very, very far. And so it kind of goes back to that trust. If you don't have trust in the processes, you don't have trust in the system, you don't have trust that your vehicle is going to get you to where you want to go, you're not going to rely on it very heavily. And so that's what I heard saying, hey, if you don't have that accountability, you don't have that trust, you can't do that innovation, which is what you need to get far. In fact, you might not even take it out of the garage and then you'll say, oh, you know, I can't really do anything with this. And I think I see that with kind of underperformers. You don't want to give them anything because they're going to screw it up or it's going to take more work. And that's really what hinders organizational growth and organizational success. Would you agree? 
I would agree. I would agree. You have to empower your team and you have to ensure that people are making those tough decisions to grow your business when you're not in the room. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, a it definitely is so important and you're right when you're out of, when you're out of alignment, you know, just it's unfortunate. And it's and the other thing that I would say when you're thinking about product development and you're thinking about go to market and all of these things, the biggest, the other large l- lesson that I've learned in operational alignment and product development, all of these things along my journey is whatever it take, however long it takes to build a product and develop a product, double the go to market. <laughs> so that's my bit of advice as well. It's always going to take you longer to get out to market and probably, probably by a factor of, of 2x than it will to actually build a product and develop a product. Yeah. So I, I'm curious then without giving away any secret sauce. So the past many years, let's say it's been very challenging to get talent. It's been a high competition to get talent. Now it's kind of changing, but still important. People are realizing that while technology is doing a lot for us, that linchpin or that bottleneck is still talent. And I think that there's a lot more and more, and maybe it's just my own perspective is widening. uh, There are more and more talent solutions. There's more and more software. There's more and more product and that they're in the development phase. And then they're going to be reaching out. I don't know. How how do you see that marketplace being in the future? Is it going to be super competitive? Is there going to be enough niching that there's a space for everybody is it, you know, is it going to be a race to the bottom? Obviously, without giving away your own strategy, but what are you, what are you seeing for the future in the marketplace in that realm? Well, first, I would say that we have to approach talent acquisition like customer acquisition. And that is the idea of ensuring that your pipeline is full of leads and your pipeline is full of candidates. And I think one of the big changes that's happening in talent acquisition as an industry is companies are thinking about recruiting as a sales process. And just as you have this very well-established funnel of driving leads into your sales process, you have to think about establishing a funnel and a conversation with your candidates in your recruiting process. And I think that's very important. So that I think that's, that's transformational in how we're thinking about this recruiting process as a sales process. And so we're seeing that and it's exciting because if you think of the stages in a sales process, it's very similar to a recruiting process. Think about it this way. You know, I advertise and advertise a website, your career site. There are folks that are apply. I advertise a site. There are folks that want to sign up for a demo. Those folks sign up for the demo. The folks that are sign up to learn more about your company and they apply. There's like a staged process. There are marketing qualified leads. There are there are qualified candidates. There are, there's screening that happens. There's a discovery call about coming to work for the company. There's a discovery call about what, how your product can solve a need that that company is actually looking for. And so all of this is very similar to a sales process. And now we're seeing it in the recruiting process. And I think that's creating a really interesting opportunity for a lot of companies in our industry. Um, and it continues and it will continue to evolve into more of this, you know, more of the sales-like process and software supporting each step, you know, in, in that process, just as software supports sales uh, in that process as well. So the biggest, the biggest thing we've been seeing in the industry, especially in our world with essential workers, high volume hiring, hiring hourly workers, is there. There's been a change of view on the importance of flexibility, and what I mean by that is. 
the pandemic reset expectations in many cases about what was important for people. And what we found is people were making, you know, they were, they were thinking, they were thinking about their work-life balance as a logic tree, you know, making these decisions of what's important for them. And if this rate, then what level of flexibility do I need? (laughs) Do I, do I need with, you know, with the connection to my family? And the re- one of the reasons why that's been really interesting to see, you know, unfold uh, over the last few years um, is the marketplaces, the gig marketplaces um, that three or four years ago were really exciting and still continue to provide a huge amount of benefit, uh, social social benefit as well, from the perspective of providing services to consumers. Uh, like Instacart and Uber and Lyft and you know all, all of these uh, all of these marketplaces. Now, if you think about it, traditional companies hiring for hourly workers didn't necessarily have to uh, compete with flexible marketplaces where you can turn on the app when you want to work. And so now, because of this. Number one, a lot of a lot more folks are using these services, you know, over the last two or three years. So there's a lot more there's a lot more interest where you can actually turn more gig work available in these marketplaces. And number two, the flexibility that is afforded by these marketplaces is something that traditional employers haven't been able to provide. And so that's creating there that's creating this opportunity for job seekers to really really carve what they what they want out of the labor market and what the expectations are for employers in order for an employer to be um, competitive enough to be able to attract the talent they need to drive their business. Cool. <laughs> uh, have, you, have, you, have you written a book yet, Thad? No, I have not. No. <laughs> if you do, I would totally read the hiring is selling like the... HR equivalent of predictable revenue for people. Folks, if you see this book come out and Thad wrote it, you heard it here (laughs) first, because I think that that's so cool. I think it is a profound shift as to how people think about talent. It's going to change me for the rest of my life. And like you talk about disruption, you talk about innovation. When we started today's call, we talked about how people are buying and selling like stuff, like services and products, but you really shifted it in that, hey, this is how people are transforming and buying and selling talent uh, for, you know what I mean by that. And, and I think it's really cool how it is a pipeline. And now that I'm thinking of like, Oh yeah, I need to really make my pipe talent pipeline, like not just for a year or two years or three years, but those hard to find people I can start nurturing now. Cause it might take three years to get there. So that I appreciate that so much. Anything you want to add on that? I think it's brilliant. And I would love to read that book when you write it. So, well, I appreciate that. I'll, uh, when I'm ready, I'll call you for an interview and get your, feedback on it. How does that Perfect. sound? <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Uh, you said, you know, you, you got other people better at writing than you. You just dicked it and then, <laughs> and then put it out. And I think it'd be cool. But but just that's so cool. I think it's a very profound way to look at uh, the future of talent and how it, I don't want to say it's a marketplace, but hey, that's kind of how the world works. And so the right organizations who can help the right people find the right role for their needs will do really well. And it's as if you've been in sales before. So it's funny how that comes around. So that just as we finish up here, where can people learn more about you? And if there's anything else you want to share to our listeners, uh, words of advice, wisdom, or things to avoid, I'll, I'll let you do that as well. 
Yeah, well, you can check, you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to connect. And if you have any questions on talent acquisition or any uh, strategy, I'm happy to, um, I'm happy to share my views and my opinions. Um, also, one thing to, one thing to share with you that I would, that I would mention as a bit of advice where we could have something that, that listeners can take away from the show. I think that when we look at the idea of talent and we look at how we can connect and how we can attract the right talent to grow our business, I think as business leaders, we need to be thinking about what I like to refer to as the clearing opportunity. And that's very different than the clearing wage. You know, we, we talk about the clearing wage as being one of the things that's very important to get folks, you know, back in market and, and to be, you know, and, and to be successful in recruiting talent, recruiting talent. But the opportunity of this, the clearing opportunity is, is more about the opportunity at a company. And so I, what I encourage leaders to do is focus on the team members in your company that have had a terrific career path. I've had a terrific career path at Tauru. I've been very fortunate to move in many different roles and, and serve and fortunate to be able to do that. We've had other folks at Tauru that have been very fortunate to move in different roles and, and have enjoyed very successful careers. I think every company needs to share those experiences and needs to share those stories so that folks look at this not about the, the wage and not about this clearing wage, but more about the opportunity. That's also very important when you're thinking about uh, hourly workers and attracting talent outside of these marketplaces where it's more transactional hiring. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Have a have a terrific afternoon. Awesome, Pat. Got to write that book, man. You got so much gold in there. That's so cool. But folks, uh, thank my guest, Thad Price, who is the CEO of Talru, for so many great insights, and not only just insights, but really perspectives that I think are going to shape the world of talent, shape organizations, and at the end of the day, create great opportunities, not just a wage for prospective employers or employees so that they see a path forward in their life. I think that's going to be the future. And Thad, just thanks so much for sharing with us today. It's been a blast and uh, I just appreciate the time. Thanks, Anthony. Folks, my name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Drop a comment somewhere on the internet if you enjoyed today. Connect with us both on LinkedIn and uh, I just look forward to sharing with you again. Hope you have a great day. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.